podcast with Dan and Scott. Hottest golf podcast, whether you like it or not. Fresh from back in the day when that's a put at the park. 7 a.m. PM special where they played after dark. From the birds to the focus to the losses and the win. Welcome podcast, patron to the show, lead the pen. Get busy golfing or get busy dying. Hottest golf podcast and the swing ain't lying. Welcome back, podcast patrons, to another episode of Leave the Pin Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Dan, and I've got my man, as always, my sidekick, Moan Scotto, calling in from the car right now. Scott, what are you, in a parking lot? So, I am in a parking lot, um, which is good because, you know, obviously, considering all things going on in the golf world, I want to try and keep my car on the road. So, I'm not going to be driving while doing other things because I don't want to get into an accident. <laughs> I mean, we'll talk about it, but I, I can't I can't lead off with it. Like you and I talked when this occurred, and I mean, just what an absolute shit show, right? Like what what an absolute complete self-destructive individual outside the ropes. But honestly, mm-hmm. Scott, we you know we were like, eh, should we do a pod? Should we not? Maybe we should go on Instagram live, but like, come on. The, the the twenty four hour news channels had him on nonstop. He's still one of the top stories on the Today Show in the morning. You know, the status of Tiger Woods. Uh, we'll get to it, but let's be honest, dude. The most important thing is Colin Morikawa won again at the Concession Club, uh, a course that has not held a tournament uh, yet. So it was kind of completely open to these fifty guys, forty six of the top fifty in the world for the WGC Workday Championship at the Concession Club. We know it's a mouthful, and uh, I mean, I hate to say this dude looks like the second coming of Jordan Spieth, but this dude looks like the second coming of Jordan Spieth, Scott. So, first of all, uh, I mean, we knew this guy was coming up, and you know, he had a lot of potential, and which is a dangerous word. But he's, I think at this point, definitely showing he's going to fulfill that potential. And yes. this is just like, this isn't just like another tour win. This is a, a WGC, which obviously it's not a, it's not a major, it's not a playoff event, but it's in that sort of stratosphere with the playoffs, I guess. You know. Yeah, I, I love, I love your word fulfilled, right? Because, you know, how many times is this guy, the next big thing. How many times is, ooh, Anthony Kim's going to be the next Tiger. Rory's going to be the next Tiger. Jordan Spieth's going to be the next Tiger. No one can ever beat Brooks in a major. Well, look, all those things have kind of come by the wayside. And, you know, the, the heir apparent is Morikawa, Wolf, and Hovland. What do we have finishing 1-2 this week in, in a top-notch field? We have Morikawa and we have Hovland. And... Scott, I'm telling you, after he won the Barracuda Championship, which a lot of people dismissed, right? Because that's a tournament, um, what's that, in Tahoe, I think. But they do the Stableford system. I'm fine with with that being dismissed. That's fine. You you can whatever. You you got no argument now. Go ahead. You're you're right. You got WGC under your belt. You got a... PGA Championship under your belt at an iconic course, no less. Um, and isn't isn't that what what it's about too? Like you know, partly we look back historically and say this person's been great, that person has two three majors. But when you win at big time clubs, 
right? When you win at Augusta, when you win at like an Oakmont, um, you know, uh, uh, Winged Foot, you know, the, these top tier courses in the world, I feel like those wins are even bigger than winning at like a Chambers Bay or something like a one-off type course. It definitely gives you like a little bit more street cred, as it were. Course cred, we'll call it. You know, because that, yeah, absolutely. Like if, if you win an open at Wingfoot or, or a, you know, a PGA at that page, like those places are known for being super tough. So, uh, I mean, the concession is considered to be, you know, really, really tough. Well, we just brought a bunch of the world's best players here and Kyle Morikawa beat them all. So, you know, you, you do the math. Yeah, and you know what's what's funny is I think inside the locker room too, guys give a lot more credit to you know winning an open at St Andrews, right? Winning an open at Carnoustie, places like that instead of you know uh, I, I I don't know the PGA has had some questionable places that they that they've gone to uh, every now and again. The U.S. Open obviously has, but you know like you win at Shinnecock, right? That's that's a feather in the cap right there. I mean that's big time. Definitely, definitely. I, you're absolutely right. And that's, in the end, it's, you know, like I said, it, you know, course cred is, is definitely a thing. Like, you know, it's one thing to, to win the Open. It's another thing to say, yeah, I, I won the Open at Pebble. You know, that, that, that's a, it's a feather in your cap. A lot of talk about Tiger this week, obviously, getting to yet another car accident. Um, I, I, literally, I mean, I, I'm not exaggerating, coming within inches of death, honestly, if you listen to everything the first responders have said about the crash. Um, you had everyone dressing in red on Sunday. You had everyone taking or doing their take of you know the Tiger Woods impersonation uh, and paying homage and, and respect to him and stuff. And then... You know how a lot of times in sports you get these really kind of granular type dissections of stats, right? This dude is the first guy, you know, from Effort, Pennsylvania, that's 27, that's under 5'5", five five to win two tournaments. You know, it's stupid. We, we get these real weird things. But a great stat that was brought up, and speaking of Tiger, you had Colin and Eldrick are now the only two players to win a major and a WGC event before the age of 25. Uh, and, and I get, you know, they're, and they're both Asian if you want to keep like throwing like different layers on it. So that's like, again, you always want to be compared to somebody like Tiger Woods. You know, whenever the only two people are you and Tiger Woods, or you and Jack Nicholas, or you, Tiger Woods, Jack Nicholas, and Arnold Palmer. Like, that's, I, I guess the expression is rarefied air. Like, there's only so many people who have reached those heights. Yeah, so, it's very true. It, and it's crazy. Like, at, you almost have to, like, wonder, like, somebody tells him that. Like, what is he, like, what's the first thing that goes through his head? Like, great. Like, now, now it's just more pressure on me, or wow, that's amazing. Like, there's this person I look up to, and now him and I are the only two people who have this particular record. So, it's pretty sweet. I, ha I have this snippet of Colin. I got to talk to him inside the ropes at the Wyndham uh, two years ago now, I guess it was. And he was literally the week after he won the Barracuda. Uh, could not have been more affable. Could not have been nicer. 
you know, to give, you know, literally a small time podcast, let's call it what it is, um, Mm -hmm. a chance to speak to, to literally the guy who just went on tour when everybody around is clamoring for him, right? That, that, that's the way golf works. You're the hottest commodity until the following Sunday, right? Until someone takes that moniker away and you're no longer the, the last week's champ. Um, in speaking with him for 30 seconds, a minute and following him for a bunch of holes, he he plays with such a youthful exuberance. I, granted, yes, he he must care underneath. He must be grinding. He must get frustrated. But what's what's the visual when you think of Colin Morikawa? It's it's this young kid smiling, like having mm-hmm. the time of his life, living it up out on tour. And I really think that that contributes to his overall mindset and to his overall play. Yeah. And you mentioned it before, you know, another person of that sort of, you know, this next generation, that's exactly how I would describe Victor Hovland. So I think golf is really well positioned with, you know, having those two specifically, you know, they're going to be around for a long time and it can only help. So, uh, I, I'm really impressed with the way both of them carry themselves. Wolf, too, but, um, you know, those two, because we're talking about them this week specifically, uh, I, I do think Goff's in a good spot right now. For sure, for sure. And I, I, I'm not sure that when we look back in a historical perspective, if there's a winner that could have come out of this tournament during this week with everything that happened and went on with Tiger that was a better ambassador for the game. I mean, may- maybe the only better winner might have been like Rory or Jordan coming back to kind of take that handle of the next big thing. I mean, I feel I feel like in a golf round, right? You've experienced this. Everyone that listens has experienced this. Golf in a round is like a roller coaster, right? Uh, birdie mm-hmm. one hole, bogey the next. Make a few pars, make a birdie, make a triple right? That's how this entire week felt. It was like we were, we were riding a high going into the first WGC event. Um, we had, we had Jordan speed the last month, like, you know, kill it. Everything's going well. And then bam, like out of nowhere, Tiger's almost dead. He rolled his car in a ditch. You know, he's probably never going to play again. Literally the day after I said that he's not going to win again on tour and you disagree with me. I'm just going to go out on the record and say I'm probably right now. I hate to say it, but I probably am. And you probably are right. Yeah. Uh, so you're, you're like cruising, you know, cruising on this little bit of a high, and the roller coaster hits, and you drop off. The, the floor drops out underneath you, and then we hear that, okay, Tiger's going to be okay. He's going to live. He's going to get better. You know, forget golf. Let's just, you know, thankfully he's going to be okay. And then we go into this WGC with almost no care at all. Right, the golf world basically did not care about this week. The Puerto Rico Open, the the women's down at Greenbridge in Florida, no one cared because everyone was focused on Tiger. And then, as things were getting worse, we we kind of you know we get this great week of fantastic golf played, and we get an amazing champion that comes out. That's like, hey, not only is everything going to be okay, it is, and I'm going to show you because I'm here. And then. Right. For him to come out in that post-round interview and just say, and 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 look, I think this is something that 
touches a lot of people, especially with everything that's gone on in the world in the last year, is too many times we immortalize and think about people once they're gone, right? And we don't say to them how important they are while they're still here. And I thought he made a great point, you know, a month or so after losing his grandfather, who was influential to him and super important, he goes on camera, looks at the camera and says, look, I'm thankful that Tiger's healthy, but, and I'm, I'm thankful that everybody dressed up like him and, you know, uh, paid, paid homage to him, but people don't tell him enough how thankful we are for what he's done. You know, he looks in the camera and says, so thank you, Tiger. Like, to be that present and to have the wherewithal mm-hmm. at 24 years old after winning an enormous tournament to be able to kind of calm yourself and look at the big picture and to see yourself as part of that big picture. Like, I, I'm I'm head over heels on this kid. Like, if there's stock in this kid, Scott, I've just mortgaged the house again to buy some. Well, it's interesting because, you know what, if you put, like, if you put all these ingredients together for, you know, what would be the tournament story after this accident. So first of all, it's a WGC, which literally only exists because of Tiger Woods. Right. Uh, it, it's won by, you know, one of sort of the, the next, you know, young guns who, you know, potentially, you know, people are looking at as a next Tiger Woods. But probably someone who, you know, maybe would have strayed into a different sport, maybe not thought about golf, um, you know, but for Tiger, you know, being Tiger and and making golf cool, Um, you know, and plus with everything, like you said, that's going on in the world, it's sort of like the perfect like storm to there to have, you know, this happen and for, you know, Morikawa to kind of really quickly take stock of it and say, you know what, this really is all because of Tiger Woods. So right. you know, thank, thank you very much. You know, and, and again, he's got four tour wins, a major and a WGC. Like at, at this point, he's probably rich beyond his wildest dreams right now. Uh, and again, that's, that's because of Tiger Woods. So, you know, you really have to, again, if you're on the tour right now and you have a, a big win like this, you know, everything that's going on, you definitely should be thanking Tiger. So glad that he did. I want to, uh, I want to throw some stats that stand out to you. Okay. And, and let me, for people that only pay attention to more coward winning, let me run down the, the top six or seven guys this week. And obviously we know it was going to be a stacked leaderboard because we have 46 of the top 50 guys in the world, but we have obviously Colin winning, uh, taking first. Tied for second, Victor Hovland. We all know about that. He makes a uh, quadruple bogey. Literally committed suicide the night before and mm. comes back with just a, I mean, a fantastic 67. You know, he goes 66-67 on the weekend. a lowest weekend round out of everybody. Uh, also tied second, we have Brooks Kepka, who came off super hot and then fired two, you know, two 70s over the weekend. Had a lot of neck issues, a lot of pain issues. This is something that worries me, how much constant pain that Brooksy's in all the time. Um, finally tied for second. The last person tied for second is Billy Horschel, um, you know, who is an absolute raving lunatic, comes out of nowhere mm-hmm. to finish tied for second. But after that, 
you know, the rest of the field, Scotty Scheffler, Louis Stazen, Rory McIlroy, and Webb Simpson. There's your top, you know, nine. And Pat Reed finished a stroke behind them along with Jason Kokrak. So, I mean, a fantastic, absolutely fantastic field. I mean. Where, where was Webb? Was he? Fifth? Webb was, uh, Webb was six. Well, he was tied he, six. He, 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 yeah. yeah Finish at 12 under. I mean, look, everybody was a ton behind Morikawa. Morikawa finished at 18 under par. Hovland was the next closest, as well as Brooksy and uh, Billy Ho at 15. So, I mean, not that he ran away with the field, but it eh, kind of ran away with the field. But let me give you some of these stats that count, Scott. We, we make a big deal. USGA distance report came out. So they're going to throttle things back. Distance, distance, distance. That's all we hear. Driving distance this week. What do you think Colin Morikawa averaged driving distance this week? Uh, a number, or where was he in relation to the field? No, give me a number. Give me a, a distance number. Uh, 312. 276. Uh, I'm sorry. Did you say? Yes. Blows your mind, right? Yeah. Where, where was that like ranked in the field? You got I, don't have the, I don't have the rank, but the field average was 285. Point six. Even below him, Victor Hovland at 268, Brooksy at 290, and then Billy Ho at 290. Um, to compare that with one of kind of our big, big bombers, uh, Rory was 293 on, on Sunday. Now, this is, this is all Sunday, mind you. These are Sunday numbers. Right, right, the, right. Week, the week average for Morikawa is only 285 still, okay, just to give you you know, an idea. Rory's average for the week was 315. So that's what we'll stack it up against. Okay. Now here's, here's the, the big thing on tour. We always hear as long as you're long off the tee, it doesn't matter where you're at. Well, it's not true because it depends on the course that you're playing. And at concession, you're playing a Florida course. You play down there a lot. You know, this Scott. typical Florida courses have a lot of what? Uh, water exactly and, and water and sand and this course is no different his driving accuracy on sunday was almost not just short just shy of 93 percent. he was 84 percent on the week greens and regulation he hit 78 percent of greens and regulation literally destroyed it with his irons so mm-hmm. for everybody that complains and look i know i i get it is a problem but it's only a problem on certain courses and that's why you know one of the things i think the pga tour does so well is they mix up the courses granted there are a lot more bombers excuse me paradises out there than i think there should be but a course like this just proves that you need to be in the fairway to score and when you average 285 yards in the week that's 30. Scott, he was 30 yards behind Rory in terms of average. Yeah, I mean, that that's two clubs into a, you know, into a green. So that's right. That's significant. But here's another stat that counts. Ready? Rory's driving accuracy for the week, 58%. Rory's greens and regulation for the week, 68%. I mean, the, the man is, is literally sitting at 10% more greens, right? So over 72 holes, right, that's giving you basically seven more greens in regulation, seven more birdie putts. 
or eagle putts or whatever they were. Right. So, I mean, the tournament right there was won with this man's driving accuracy and his iron play. Bottom line. Uh, fairways and greens. And fairways you know and what? Green. It may be boring, but, he, you know, he's got a PGA championship and a WGC, and you probably don't. So, there you go. D, D. Lou was, was texting me all day, all weekend actually, about how much he thought Hovland should have won. Feels for Hovland for making that quad. And even today, Morikawa yeah. is incredible, but Hovland should have won. And, you know, let's be honest. If he doesn't make a quad, he only finished three strokes back. So maybe he should have won, Scott. I, I get it. I, you know what? I, I feel for the guy, too. And maybe he should have won. But you know what? He didn't. And he did make the quad. It's not like, you know, somebody came out of the, the crowd. We oh, lose you there, buddy. Brown. I think we lost you for a second there. Yeah, sorry. It's not like someone came and kicked the ball off the green in the middle of his putt. You right. Know, he missed the putt. He missed all right. Oh, so he missed num- numerous putts he missed. <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah. Um, I mean, you can look, you, you, you play that with your round. I play that with my round all the time. That game of, well, left a few strokes out there. Should have made that putt, missed that putt, that lipped out. Shot 78. Well, it should have been 75. Well, guess what? It was 78. And it, it probably could have been 81 because the ball you hit into the woods, Karen back into the fairway, right? That would have been two strokes. I mean, you can always play that game, but that's not to underscore or undersell what Morikawa did. Congratulations to him. Absolutely fantastic. Um, Scott, sh- shall we talk about, you know, the, uh, the, the, the crash Hyundai in the woods, if you will, the elephant in the room? Sure. Let's do it. So, I don't want to belabor it. Like, everyone no. at this point probably knows what happened. Three, four minutes max. I just want to say this. Um, my first reaction, your first reaction when it occurred, obviously, you know, we were going back and forth talking about it. Um, you know, my, my first reaction is he's hopped up on pain meds. Uh, he had an early morning meet and greet type video sponsorship obligation that he had to get to. He's rushing to get there. His reaction time slowed because he's on these pain meds. He looked like crap. On Sunday, when Max Homa won, and he did that interview with Jim Nance. And so all these things kind of led me to say, well, I hate that it is this, but it probably is this. Now, obviously, the toxicology reports you know, won't be back for a while. They said it was not impaired driving. They only mentioned alcohol and that. And obviously, there are many other ways that you can be impaired, which you know, obviously he has a history of as well. Um, right. we all know, you know, he had basically commutated basically compound fractures, you know, more than one break of your, of your shin bone is, is, is mind blowing to me when you do that to the tibia and fibia down there. Um, because the amount of force and pressure, I believe it's something along the lines of like 1200 pounds of force. I believe the femur in order to break your femur, something close to a ton of force, 2000 pounds to right. break. So obviously you're talking about a catastrophic rollover crash, catastrophic injuries, um, almost lost the leg, you know, almost had to be amputated. Um, I get, you know what, Scott, I, I'm going to ask you this question. I'm going to ask you simply, does this surprise you? 
Yes. It, it actually does. does. Okay. Yeah, because I I kind of felt he had hit rock bottom and that that was going to be enough for him to to make some sort of changes in his life. Now listen, I to be honest with you again, I, do I think the toxicology reports are going to come back that you know there was anything in his system? I honestly don't think that's the case. Um, I don't know if he was impaired. I don't know, whatever. I I just think that this is a person who, for all of his greatness, just sometimes makes really bad decisions. And I think he made a really bad decision to drive entirely too fast. And I think that led to this accident. I, I could be wrong. Uh, you know, I, I have absolutely no idea. It's not like I've been hanging out with Tiger at his hospital or bed. That's what I think is probably the story. So I would think at this point in his life, he has understood like what, you know, he means to his family and all these things. And he wouldn't be taking these risks. But, but here we are. I, I am arguably, and believe me, there are many people that, that could argue and make this point. But I'm arguably, you know, the biggest Tiger Woods fan ever. You know, from from Hello World to walking around for an entire week on the West Coast with a broken leg and willing putts in from everywhere. Um, from all the demons that he perceivably has and has overcome, um, from losing his father, from living in an absolute fishbowl i mean i i'm I'm not sure honestly that there's anybody more famous or more well known to the naked eye than tiger woods like i don't know anybody that doesn't know who tiger woods is um Mm -hmm. you know so you 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 live with all these eyes on you nonstop, and part of me feels like is this another cry for attention is this man such a genius inside the ropes that he is almost brain dead outside of it um you know i just i i i don't know scott it, people are people right i mean that's the bottom line um yep. famous quote is never meet your idols right all they'll do is is let you down now mm. for 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 kids and stuff because look i i don't i don't know i mean do adults have idols like i don't i don't have any idols i mean people ask me all the time like oh if if you talk to this person that person wouldn't you be starstruck i i I don't know people are people right i mean if tiger walked and sat in here right now i mean i talked to him like a normal dude i'd be amazed at what he what the the genius he possesses in a sport that i love but the bottom Mm -hmm. line is like he goes home to his family just like i do just like you do just like the listeners do you know what i mean like he drives a car the same way we do. He puts on his pants the same way we do. Um, I so, will. I will. I will say this. Uh, I, I I met a big idol that you share, um, and Wayne that Corbett. expression. Yeah, that that expression. Don't meet your idols because they'll let you down. Could not be more wrong in his case. Oh, yes. And and there are believe me, there are people that it, yeah. this podcast, for example, I've interviewed a ton of people that I'm just like, wow. What a friggin' amazing dude, like such a down-to-earth person. Um, but 
there are those people that I guess almost like believe their own hype. You know what I mean? They're they're above and better than right. everyone else. So I don't know. I mean, it, does does Tiger still have like that teenage mindset where he's invincible? I guess so, and that's what I'm saying. Like I'm 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 so surprised at this point that 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 is still going through his head. You know that and, that's the thing. Look, I'm I'm going to give you all the credit in the world in this next one. We'll put this thing to bed. You made you made a great point. You've said it before. It's a point that you say over and over. And and I don't think I've given it enough credence. So I'm going to tell you right now that I think it's absolutely freaking brilliant. You said with somebody that has Tiger Woods's money, with somebody that has so many hangers on already. How in the world after everything that has happened to you behind the wheel of a car, nine iron through the back window, you know, impaired we keep driving. And tiger away from each other. Right. How in the world you say all the time, can you not just pay someone to friggin' drive you somewhere? You have Tiger Woods money. You could give someone six figures a year and say, listen, dude, here is your job. Anytime, any day of the week, no matter what, when I call you and I need a ride somewhere, you are taking me. And you need to be at my house within five minutes. So so either live in my house or live in the garage or live in the pool house or whatever or be able to get to me because you are now my personal driver. And you cannot be impaired and, and you cannot be drunk and you cannot be distracted. I'll, I'm going to do all those things you know, in the passenger seat. But you need to get me there safely. Exactly. I mean, like, I understand, like, you want to be like a normal person, but there are certain things where if you are Tiger Woods, there are times you don't have to be a normal person. Like, you can pay someone to have to drive you around. I was surprised he doesn't, like, roll around with, like, a security person. I mean, maybe he does at times, but, like, I don't know. I'm surprised he doesn't have someone with him all the time whose job it is to get him from point A to point B safely. That person's, you know, security, the driver, you know, someone to just get him things while they're out there, like while he's doing this, you know, shoot. Like he doesn't have someone whose like job it is to make sure like his coffee is right in the morning, stuff like that. I, I don't know. Yeah, like this video shoot didn't have someone available to be like, hey, intern, you need to go pick Tiger Woods up at the hotel he's staying at. Get him here safely. Exactly. Uh, I, I don't understand. I really don't. I don't know. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Best of luck in the recovery. It's not going to be playing golf again, though. You can you, you, uh, you heard it here first. I'm telling you that right now. Nah. I, I, so, I, I, I doubt he's playing competitive golf again. I, I thought if, you know, again, maybe luck himself into another PGA Tour win and then just get his, like, U.S. Senior Open – I don't even think that's going to happen anymore. So no, no, no. I think it's enjoy it while it lasted. All right, because you you were you know look you and I literally grew up with that greatness. You know other it's crazy because you know you and I did not ever get to see Jack at his height. Right when when we started becoming cognizant of golf, Jack was already on the senior tour. But we lived every tournament and every moment of Tiger Woods' career, the ups and the downs. And these are going to be stories that we tell to people in 20, 30 years, people that are into golf, and they'll be like, nah, dude, that didn't happen. Like, who who could win a U.S. Open on a broken leg? Well, let me tell you about it, kid. Uh, it's one of those things. Hey, Scott, uh, it's March. 
Spring is kind of here already. Mm-hmm. What's your prognosis for golf? When do you think it's going to start for you? Um, well, looking around right now, I mean, I'd say another three weeks. I'm not so, sure that I'm not sure I'm going to get to play before April, even honestly. Well, depending on so, like, I think I, there's a course that will probably be open um, around here. Um, but I also, I, one of the, the guy who cleans my office has been talking about going down to Jersey, taking a day off of work, and just meeting down there. So I'm considering doing that. That's a good plan. I was I was actually just putting downstairs before. Um, mm-hmm. I have no set routine, okay? But I just I roll out, you know, six to eight footers, nine footers, and I just keep putting until I miss, and then I'm done. Some nights I miss on the second one, and I finish. I made twenty six in a row tonight. I don't know what that says about my golf game or how ready it is for this you know the course once the course is actually open i hit the reins the last two days in a row felt well but you know it's it's one well, of those things the absolute crapshoot in the beginning you know i'll tell you what it says about your golf game it says you made 26 in a row today or <laughs> yeah yeah on a perfectly flat lie with a repetitive stroke so uh, you know what though having that repetitive stroke you know does mean a lot because at least it's consistent so you can take that to the course great and in the end you can tell people you're putting in the basement you made 26 in a row there you go there you go and a lot more people will listen than if i just said it to myself because they're here on the podcast um hey you know what i want to do scott in honor of colin morikawa throwing on the watch before the interview started let's thank eagles and arrows real quick shout out to our sponsor sounds like a great plan uh grant from eagle from eagles and arrows is actually at sweeten's cove right now living it up so not only is this man getting love on the podcast and we're talking about you know his great gloves and the augusta west membership that'll get you a glove every single month so you get a freshie every time you go out and play uh, at the beginning of each month, not only are we talking about you know the amazing hats and the the head covers and everything else that they that they make, but but this man's living a golfing dream, sending me pictures of him chipping out of bunkers and smashing drives off the tee. As I'm stuck here with snow and ice on the ground, and it's raining out now. As the wind's blowing like 30 miles an hour. Well, you know what? If you have the type of life and time to to get down to a golf course that's open and as decent weather and basically not have to be here in the Northeast, you know, uh, not going to be, you know, too blunt, but you know, if, it, if your name wasn't Grant, I hate you right now, but I, I like Grant. So it's kind of hard for me to do that. I can't wait to go out there and be able to rock some Eagles and arrows gear and actually get out on the course. Um, I'm telling you what, Scott, I think, I think we live in like golf hell, you know, like proverbial hell is warm. That sounds great compared to where we are right now. Uh, that's, yeah, that's actually a very accurate statement. It's definitely golf hell because, you know, in the spring it's okay. You know, you start playing in the summer, it gets a little hot, but that's right around the time you get your game in shape. Then the fall comes and you're feeling pretty good, but then the winter comes and 
then you got to start all over again a few months later. So it's definitely not fun. You know, I, I like social media. I don't love it, but I like it. Um, but the last week has really made me upset because all it does is give me reminders of events that occurred. And at this point, the last three years in a row, I had almost five rounds in each year by now. Well, we had that like February round in like right around the time like COVID was starting to heat up. Yeah. Remember, if you remember, they weren't like letting like groups in the pro shop. <laughs> or at yeah, the- it was just you and I down at uh, Crystal Springs there. Yep. Yep. So it's just crazy. crazy. It is. It is. All right. Well, you got to pick up your daughter. I got to go do absolutely nothing. Maybe watch a little wrestling tonight. You know, that's the way life is, my man. Yep, I hear you. Hear you. Good, 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 good chat, though. Good chat. Good chat. Good chat. All right, people. You know the deal at this point in time. Either get busy golfing or get busy dying. Be good, everyone.